Hello, everyone. Welcome to Collisions YYC Current and Critical. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. Thank you for joining me today for another good old-fashioned chat. Today's show is brought to you in partnership with Clearmotive Marketing. Thank you to my business partner, Chad Croker, and the entire team who worked tirelessly behind the scenes to make this show a reality. As a founding partner at Clearmotive, I'm excited to announce the official launch of our industrial marketing system. As a company with 15 plus years of experience with a variety of clients in nearly every sector, we identified that industrial manufacturing companies were underserved. You have unique needs, and we have developed a unique skill set to help you succeed. If you build and sell a product that helps other companies, we have developed an industrial marketing system to get your highest priority product in front of your ideal customer profile in less than eight weeks. Gardner recently reported that your buyers are 87% of the way through their buying process before contacting your company directly. That means it's never been more critical to apply the right marketing process to create and close more deals. Our three-stage industrial marketing system helps you shorten your sales cycle by using modern marketing tactics designed specifically for your industry and more importantly, for the way your clients like to buy. Stop sitting on the sidelines wondering which part of your marketing is working and put a system in place that makes it easy for your most valuable prospects to find you and get excited about your solution to their challenges. To find out more about what ClearMotive's industrial marketing system can do for you, please check us out at www.clearmotive.ca slash IMS, or better yet, open up your email and contact me directly at tyler at clearmotive.ca, T-Y-L-E-R. I'm excited to chat with you and put a plan in place to get your most valuable leads contacting you and not your competitors. Hello and a warm collisions YYC. Welcome to Miss Christina Williams. How are you, Christina? I'm great. Thank you for having me today. Oh, thank you so much for coming on. I'm very excited. This is our 200th episode. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things. Uh, <laughs> it started off as an idea and like, oh, this will be fun. And next thing, 200 episodes later, I feel so privileged and just such an amazing opportunity to talk to and learn about so many things going on in our province. Someone asked me the other day, I said, Tyler, what do you think? You know, how do you feel about Alberta? I said, well, I can't help to be, but be optimistic because I talk to optimistic people that are doing interesting things. So you are a little bit guilty of who you associate with. So for number 200, a good friend of mine recommended you as the perfect person to talk to from the vantage point of what's happening in our tech sector, how are we evolving. So before I go on a big spiel, you are the CEO of Alberta Enterprise Corporation. We just stepped into an elevator. Hey, Christina, Alberta Ener Enterprise Corporation, what's what's that all about? Boom, we got 30 floors. Lay it, lay it out for me. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, Alberta Enterprise Corporation, we're about creating access to venture capital and the resources that Alberta tech entrepreneurs need to stay and grow their companies here. So it's about creating access to four M's. I call it money, markets, mentors, and management talent. And we invest in venture capital funds and bring them to the province. And we invest in venture capital funds that are located in the province. Okay, interesting. So, so you said four M's. I got money, markets, uh, mentors, and what? What was the last one? I heard talent, but that's a T. Yeah, management talent. <laughs> management talent. Okay, thank you. I missed the M and I jumped right to the talent. Okay, well, all right. Well, we just laid out the framework for our episode just right here with the with your with your four M's. Let's talk about money. You guys have been around since two thousand eight. What was you know? And you've been with the organization for quite. A, am I correct? You've been the company's been around for two. You've been around right since the beginning. Is that true? Am I doing my right? Am I doing my LinkedIn math correct? <laughs> you've done your LinkedIn math correct. I joined October two thousand nine, and a month after the CEO um, at that time, Rod had joined. So I was the first kind of employee after Rod. So I've been there for oh, quite a while cool. now. So I've been around. Interesting. And what was the impetus back? I'm thinking back two thousand eight global recession you know, oil and gas felt like in, being in Alberta at the time, you know, yes, Alberta had a blip in 2008, but it didn't feel like it was impacted. So I'm curious, what were the motivations just understanding where it was then versus the world we live in today? Has it really changed the mandate of the organization or has it been consistent of why it was created versus what it's evolved to now 12 years later? 
the mandate stayed the same actually throughout uh, the time and throughout three different governments and of various colors. But it started off as the government at the time went and looked at the venture capital landscape in Alberta and realized there really was very few venture capitalists active in province. If we look back to 2006, I think there were something like 37 million invested in Alberta technology companies at the time. So if you were running a tech company in Alberta, you either had to move or you might not make it uh, if you needed the money because there just wasn't very much of it around. Frankly, all of it and all the angel money was being sucked up in the energy industry as well. So at the time, the government went and looked and said, okay, how do we best solve this problem? They had a task force and they engaged a Harvard professor who is an expert in this. And the conclusion was that they should set up what's called a fund of fund program, which is what we are. So we would then invest in venture capital funds that then in turn invest in tech companies. And the reason why it's set up as a fund of fund and why we don't invest directly in companies um, is really a couple of reasons. One is we leverage the money to a much larger pool of capital. We invest on average 10 to 12% of a VC fund, but then they have to raise the other money from other private investors elsewhere. So that leverages our money uh, about 10 times. Then it's also creating access to what we call smart capital. And I usually use myself as an example. I worked for several tech startups, but in the medical device industry and in the ag tech industry, if I was to invest directly in a company in, let's say, artificial intelligence, I might not be able to bring very much value other than the money. Okay. But by investing in VCs that have that expertise, that have the access to those markets, those mentors, then we bring more than just the money. And that's where those four M's come in. And then finally, it's about market-based decision-making. This is the VCs will go in, they will make investments based on market-based decisions and that's really what we want them to do. Interesting. So, from a from a governmental organization perspective, you're you're you're, you're enabling. You're not putting yourself into positions where you don't have the skills, the expertise, or even the same mandate to create the same outcomes. Like, I really like that that kind of private versus. I like that balanced approach of really addressing what the VCs are good at. And how many different VC funds do you work with? Yeah, was that? Yeah, we have invested in twenty three VC funds to date. Twenty three. Yeah. All with different skills, different backgrounds. All different. with different skills and different backgrounds. And what we really work hard to do is we do uh, what's called a deal flow study every couple of years. So we look at what type of startups are there, where are they located, what stage are they at, and what sector are they at. And then we try to match the money that we bring to the province to that mix, because it's really about matching the demand to the supply. Interesting. And all of an understanding also, this is a little bit, there's some hooks here, right? You've got to, to play, you've got to stay in our space to play and get access to our funds, right? Is it like to be as blunt as that is versus, you know, having people come in from the outside and this conversation I've, I've had with a lot of startups of like, oh, is there anybody pulling you to go somewhere else to like, oh, you're going to leave Alberta, you're going to go to Boston, you're going to go to Valleys, you know, even Waterloo, Montreal, there's, there's a lot of places where, that capital might want to pull people back to because that's where they're more comfortable or there's a bigger ecosystem or dot, 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 all the different, all the different things. This keeps stuff really rooted in Alberta. And that's really the key point that you're hitting on there because at the end of the day, VCs tend to invest in the geographic location they are at and especially at the earlier stage. And hmm. when we did our deal flow studies the last couple of times, but for sure, the majority of our tech companies in the province are early stage. So these are what we in the industry call pre-series A. And these companies need a lot more work and need a lot more kind of day-to-day -day interaction than a later stage company would have. So the money they're seeking needs to be close by because you have to have that interaction 
uh, on a weekly or daily basis sometimes with these companies. So then if the money is located in Silicon Valley or the money is located in Montreal, there is a tendency for those VC funds to look at those deals where they're located. By us investing in a VC fund and then requiring them to have a person here, then that facilitates that we have the closeness to that money. So the company doesn't have to be moving to be close to that money. Uh, which gets to your third M, which is mentorship, right? It's not just money that you need at that stage of growth of your business. You need all of the don't step on that landmine, don't step over here, call this person, go talk to that person. Like so much of what's required to be successful. Aside from it's easy to just look at the money as like the, oh, if once I have that, I'll be good. Well, no, that just sets you up to go to all of these new challenges that are going to come your way. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons why when we started off, we were looking at what other things can we do in the ecosystem to help develop it, develop it. Because it's not only about bringing VCs here and dropping them kind of in the Alberta market, you also have to build an industry around them to make sure that they have the supports and they have the connections that they need. So we looked at the Valley and we saw an organization called the C100. And that's um, entrepreneurs that have kind of been there, done that. Um, they've gone through, started a company, they've gone through a full exit successfully, hopefully, and now they're willing to give back. So we looked at that and said, hmm, we should have that in Alberta. So what sprung out of that was um, something called the A100, which is the Alberta version of this. And so we seeded that, but what we decided to do is we wanted to work with industry because at the end of the day, anything we do has to function with industry. Otherwise it won't work. So we helped start it and seeded it. And a great person named Carrie Houston was the executive director. And she was working part-time for us and part-time running the 100. Now it's a totally separate organization. It's running. It's awesome. They're doing great work. We're actually utilizing them for some of our Accelerate Fund works or our Angel Co-Investment Fund. We're cooperating with them on some of the advice and some of the deal finding. So it's really, really great to see all these entrepreneurs that have now kind of been there, done that, giving back. Because before there wasn't a, a connection point for them to connect with each other. Right. It's about building that ecosystem. And I've had so many, you know, like we, we're just early in those exits. We're early in our cycle of kind of building up that critical mass of people that, like you said, have some funds, they've had some exits, they have experience, but they're not ready to kind of, you know, ride off into the sunset yet, if, 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 if you will. So if I'm a fund, I'm coming in from the States, I'm coming in from Boston, I'm coming in from California. I come into Alberta, I connect with, with you. Are you then partnering them with local VC firms as well? Like, does this, is this a force amplifier where, because money attracts money, like first money in, okay, well, if you're in, well, I'm going to come in alongside. Is it really, that must be a huge ecosystem. Have you seen like that direct impact for the VC community that is based here be really augmented? And it feels like it's a force multiplier for them as well. Oh, completely. Because no VC will go in and take a full round themselves. They want to syndicate deals. And okay. especially at those earlier stages, and it's bringing in not just more money, but it's also bringing in different skill sets into the deals. And we're seeing for sure the angels are cooperating with our VCs. We're seeing VCs syndicate deals with each other. We're seeing our VCs syndicate uh, together as well. And then they bring out other external VCs that we are not investors in. So it's really kind of working on multiple levels on this one. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really nice to see that we've had companies that started off in our angel co-investment fund, which is called the Accelerate Fund. Um, so Circle Cardiovascular is an example of a company like that. And then it got funded by one of our VCs when they came to a later stage of financing. And now they're looking at kind of options of how to grow further. Another company is Decisive Farming, started off as an Accelerate Fund 1 company, got funded by a fund called McRock out of Toronto. And then... 
they were sold to TELUS, but they're still operating out of Iracana. Interesting. R- rural Alberta. Uh, the number 37 million you said back in 2006 or 2007, did I read, was it, is it 450, how many, it was 2020 at 55 deals and 440 million invested into the tech startup ecosystem. I think, I think I read that just this morning on National Post. <laughs> so you read so many numbers in the course of the day. I'm like, was that, did I read that this morning? I'm pretty sure I did. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I mean, it's been a spectacular growth. So one of the things that we looked at when we started at this is, okay, how, if we look at our population in Alberta, we're about 10 to 11% of the population of Canada. So theoretically, we should be getting that amount of venture capital into the province if we want to say that we want to have our kind of proportional share. And we have been very, um, uh, we haven't been hitting that number. Now, last year, we had, so 2020, we had 455 million into 51 deals, as you were saying. And for the first time, we were hitting both in terms of number of deals and in terms of dollars our kind of proportionate percentage share of Canada. And that's at a time where the rest of Canada was going down 29% in venture capital investments last year. So we did spectacularly well last year. And what I really love about this is that we have a number of what we call mega deals. So these are deals that are more than $50 million in size. And we consistently are seeing more and more of them. So it's not just one deal driving it, it's multiple deals. So that's kind of telling you that the ecosystem ecosystem is doing really well. And this year, we are even kind of ahead of the curve yet again in terms of Alberta. So as of mid-year, so the first half of the year, we were already at 76% of last year's total. So we are on pace to be our record last year. Now, Canada, and I mean, this is where... Canada this year has had a crazy, crazy venture capital year. So percentage-wise, we're going to be a little bit lower in terms of the dollars. But we are, if we look at ourselves, going to be beating our own record that we had last year. And there's a couple of deals in in um, in uh, Vancouver, and there's a couple of deals in Toronto that are $500 million in size that are kind of skewing the data for the rest of Canada. Pump, pumps, your, pumps your numbers up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Totally right. But... <laughs> I mean, I think if we want to look at ourselves and compare to ourselves, we're doing really, really well. We've never done this well in venture capital ever before. So what, you know, I, I can think of on my own, what's, is there, do you have a top three? Like what's, what's driving that? Is it just, we're getting there in our cycle? Is there very specific actions or is this just an accumulative, you know, series of we're working harder and, you know, you, you get some equity and you get some trust and you get some exposure. Is it just because we're on the journey or is there any big levers that, that you could say that really drove this? It's a combination of factors. One, let's give huge kudos to our entrepreneurs because at the end of the day, they're building awesome companies. And without awesome companies, you're not going to get financing. So that's number one. So clearly, let's make sure that we give credit where credit is due. But then it's all of the other stuff that is around it. So uh, we're getting noticed now. So that's the exposure piece. More and more VCs are kind of coming to the province looking at deals. And one of the factors is that we've invested in more funds. So obviously they're here and then they bring in syndicate deals. But we're also seeing other investors come to the province. We've been working hard on trying to gain exposure for Alberta startups. Uh, We created something called startalberta.com, which is a deal flow database where any investor, and it's open source, any investor can go in and look at Alberta deals in there. And that was really key and core for kind of access to the data, but also access to the deals and access to the companies. But then it's also the companies, we have more companies now than we've ever had. We look every couple of years, we do this deal flow study and we now have 
2,800 companies in our last count that we counted, and that's compared to only 900 that we had in 2012. So the number of startups are increasing, but they're also maturing. So we're seeing them, more and more of the companies are raising more money, more and more companies are have more revenue, and they have more employees. So this is now becoming an important driver in the economy. So it's all of those factors together. And the last factor is that the ecosystem has started really working together, which is what's needed. Because if we don't work together, we're going to be out-competed. Yeah, so I, I'm hearing that, and I, I do believe, and I say joke, in, joking many times, that I do that believe that is one of our Alberta superpowers is our ability to collaborate with each other and help the person across the street, not try to quash them. And there is that together. And people are like, oh yeah, it's like that everywhere. I'm like, I don't know. I like to think that we've got something going on with that in Alberta. Personally, the chronic big small town that I say over and over again on every episode. <laughs> so 900 back in 2012 to 2800 now. Are you also seeing? Obviously, you guys focus very like well, not a vary, but exclusively on technology, you know, information technology, industrial life sciences, and all the things under there. Are we, do you think we're also really checking that box of like, come on, the diversity that we need to diversify has been a call to action since like the eighties in Alberta. And I would say we maybe weren't so good at it while things were booming in the energy sector. Would you say uh, that we're on the right track for that? Like, are we starting to check that box a lot better than, you know, 2012, for example, that 900 versus the 2800 now? We are. If you look at the deal composition I would say it's less than 15% of the companies are related to what we call energy tech. Oh, interesting. And those energy tech companies are really important too, though, because those companies will help reduce the environmental impact of the energy industry and or make them more efficient and cost efficient. But the vast majority of the companies are totally unrelated to the energy industry. And we're seeing some of the big ones, Solium, uh, that was acquired by Morgan Stanley, uh, Benevity. So those are two unicorns. So these are companies valued over a billion dollars. They're totally unrelated to the energy industry. Some of the newer ones, if we want to call them that, they're coming up. Um, Jobber, Cement, um, Shobi, Verum, Neo Financial, Coolit. Um, they're also not related to the energy industry. So we're truly now starting to diversify, which is if we look at our provincial economy, you need those foundational industries with energy and ag, but you also need to build more legs to this chair. And we're starting to get those legs now. Which is huge. You mentioned you mentioned jobs, and you mentioned you know, like when you guys look at your KPIs. What are some like what are what's on your dashboard in terms of what you guys look at? Is it jobs? Is it dollars invested? Is it startups? What uh, what 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 do you guys put up on that one screen to one screen to rule them all concept? Yeah, all of the above. So okay. yeah, we have about fifteen KPIs that we look at. But I mean, some of the I thought I thought you might have more than one. I thought you might <laughs> have more than one or two. Yeah, totally. Yes, my board would be disappointed otherwise. But we for sure we track jobs created because that's an important driver of the economy. At the end of the day, if we look at the jobs created in high-tech companies versus uh, regular jobs. And if we look at U.S. numbers, a high-tech job tends to be 50% more paid than a non-tech job. So that's mm. important. So the jobs created becomes really important for the economy. We look oh, yeah, at not, dollars Not just invested. number of jobs, but very specifically type of jobs. Yeah. 50%, that's a significant, like that changes the you know environment around that individual, from yeah. where they live to what they spend to what they put into the province. It does. And then also... It's we look at dollars invested by our venture capital funds, because the reason that we know we're successful is actual dollars coming to the province. So we look at how many, how much did they invest themselves? We look at how much money did they bring in in syndicate dollars? Uh, we look at how many companies have they invested in? And we look at how many VC professionals are active in the province. So a whole bunch of things we look at, but the core core things 
at the end of the day, showing our success is dollars invested into Alberta tech companies and jobs created. Those are two okay. core ones. And if we had a graph in front of us, are both those moving in up, up and to the right? They yes, say? they are. They are. Yeah. Okay. And we've been tracking this for quite a while now. And Last I looked, we had over 700 million invested in Alberta tech companies through our funds and their partners, which is really, really good. And that also takes into account that we're a really early stage ecosystem, which means a lot of these deals are in the 500K to maybe a million range. So there's a lot of deals that have to be made to reach 700 plus million. Well, because your pre-seed series, you're, you're in those early stages where, you know, they need somebody to write a check. They don't necessarily need $10 million. Something you touched on earlier that I didn't, and I've heard other guests, uh, I ha- I've been on a little bit of a, of a trend talking to, you know, early stage and pre-seed investors and talking about how much more collaborative that is, even than when you get up to the series A and series B, when there's a, there's a bigger number, but there's also a higher chance of success. There's a longer track record, less willingness to collaborate and share a deal where somebody will come in and eat it all up versus in that lower stage where it's risk mitigation and well, well, if you think it's good enough, I'll come in too. And here's my quarter million and here's my 200. Is that you're nodding? Uh, we're, we're on video. So I will tell I'll, I'll bring the audience in. Is that very much what you're seeing now is also because we have these smaller and we're at that early stage. It just breeds more collaboration. It does. And at that early stage, and there's a couple of things there that's helping out. CDL, for example, uh, is a great initiative where a lot of investors get together, uh, a lot of high net worth individual investors, but also the VCs are in the same room. So now they're collaborating and they're talking to each other. And then there's events like Accelerate AB, where again, you have that collision happening where you can get that cooperation happening. So, and well, another thing that we did is we created these angel co-investment funds that I mentioned earlier, because we realized that there was a lot of angel deals, but they might not be um, working together. They might not um, know the terms that should be for the next stage VC coming in. Because let's be frank, if you don't have the right terms on those early, early rounds, then the VCs won't want to touch the deal. Because if the cap table screwed up or if the terms are are not good, then they're going to choose another deal. Because the VCs have more deals than they can possibly do. So to get venture capital money, you have to have really good conditions in the company. It has to be a great team. It has to be great technology. But also the terms have to be good. So we, if we created oh, right. it, I, yeah, yeah, no, I, I've, I've heard said that historically Canadian early stage investors have done a really good job of screwing up the next round. It, I've had that said to me a couple of times. I'm paraphrasing about five different comments I've gotten over the last year, but like, we need to really stop setting our, like we're, we're, we're setting our, our startups up to fail because of those first rounds of investment not being structured properly. Yeah. And the valuations is another one, right? I mean, as an entrepreneur, you might think, oh, it's awesome that I'm getting a really high valuation. But it's not great if in the next round, the VC comes in and says, well, that valuation is not on par with what we're seeing in the rest of North America. Therefore, we're going to have a down round. And then your initial investors are going to get crammed down. So that's not good for anybody either. So, mm-hmm. But that's not necessarily easy to understand if you haven't done this before, and especially for the entrepreneurs. Now, we're seeing more and more repeat entrepreneurs, but which is really good because then they kind of learned. But that was also one of the premises around the A100 that they could go in and help the VCs or help the the entrepreneurs and say, okay, well, don't do the same mistake I did. Here's what you should think about. But back to the Accelerate Fund. So one of the reasons we created that was to get the angels to cooperate. So we put 10 million in our first one. It's managed by a general partner. So we're not managing it because we can't uh, do the direct investments. So it's Mm -hmm. professionally managed. It is then also cooperating with the A100 and then it's co-investing with the angel. So every dollar that we put in has to be at least matched by 
another dollar of angel money. But in fact, we're, we're seeing up to three to four dollars per every dollar that we put in of angel money mm -hmm. coming in. So that's creating the collaboration as well. Back to your back to your your leverage. It's it, it's matching with a lift. I really I really like that value from a you know these are this is taxpayer dollars being put to work. So understanding how that's being leveraged up to create a, a bigger outcome, I, I think is good to 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 really understand that and, and appreciate that. And it's driving, much, well, and the last by yeah, the way, so also driving exits for the angels because these are Albertans that are investing their money, and we want them to get their money back with a great rate of return. And by having the right terms and by kind of coming into those companies, then we're gonna have money coming back into the ecosystem and into the angels so that they can reinvest in the next great company. Yeah. You, you know what, you know what gets you in, to invest again? Success in the last round <laughs> goes a long way. We're still, humans are not that complicated no, at the really end of the day. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> let me see. That was a complete blowout. Oh wow. I'm not going to do that again. Yeah, exactly. Huh? I love the tech space because I didn't make any money. No, the goal is for people to make money off this. <laughs> how much of your role and you know I'm certain a lot of it happens organically but how much education has been required to help like you know the spaces you guys invest in are relatively new and back in 06 07 probably were hardly any invested in that where energy although some would say a very risky space to invest in it was really comfortable in Alberta a lot of people invested in putting holes in the ground and, and it worked and but you know you look at it on paper it's a pretty risky proposition but we're comfortable with that risk how have you seen and like what's been the process for helping some of those high net worth individuals get comfortable with something that is a different type of risk, but maybe no more or less risky than things they'd been used to for the last 20 years. Like I only assume that's been a big part of the journey for the last 12 years for you guys. It has been. And that's where it's wonderful to see now all these high net worth individuals that were investing in the energy industry are now coming into the tech industry. But to your point, it's a totally different risk profile. But what's really, really good about Alberta, what I love about Alberta, and I'm not from here originally, but I love this kind of barn building culture and the risk taking culture because we are used to taking risk and understand that it's okay to take risk which is perfect when it comes to technology. The challenge I think originally was that it's a totally different timeline on some of the technology investments uh, versus the energy investments. And it's also okay. a different type of risk than it would be. So that has been a learning journey. And that's also part of the Accelerate Funds and the 100 trying to help and educate on making sure that there's an understanding of the difference between a tech investment versus a, an energy investment timeline and just the simple proposition of something tangible you can put your hand on intellectual capital you know a piece of code versus uh, some iron out in the field that like, you can go and touch and you know maybe not that it, it the perception of value because it, it's it's a physical thing and i've had a lot of conversations about just that shift alone in our world not just in alberta of how much of that's a huge shift of like you know well what have you got to back it up well i've got some code well what do you mean by you know what do you mean where's your building where's your where's your where's your equipment where's that field full of you know big yellow iron that i can you know repossess if i need to it's such a different model when you think about you know those the, the you know uh, t you said 2800 15% in energy but I imagine those are mainly all tech as well energy tech mm -hmm. yeah those are energy tech and the challenge for yeah. a tech company is not having those hard assets is you have nothing to lend against so that means that yeah. you can't get traditional bank financing we're seeing some of the uh, banks like BDC and we're seeing ATB and others coming up coming into this space and creating loans for earlier stage tech companies but at the end of the day, to really grow and to get that trajectory and grow faster, you need venture capital to do that because that's the asset class that's willing to take this risk. Because let's be honest, it's really high risk investments. Not all companies will make it. 
Yes, I, I agree. Good to put, put that, that's, their, that's the universal disclaimer on the end of this episode. Not all companies will make it, but we support them all. Okay, so now I'm an entrepreneur, and I've been given an opportunity to have a very high evaluation. I don't have any tangible assets except my evaluation. That is a real tricky balance to say, no, no, let's pare it down so I can raise less or get less against these assets I don't have. And this imaginary, I'll be blunt, evaluation on a piece of paper, that's a pretty tricky balance. It requires a lot of operational maturity at often a young phase of a business where you don't, it's your first, you know, you're the idea person or you're the creator or you're the technology expert. All of a sudden now you've got to look at all that risk. So I'm just running that through. That's a real, that's a real tough one. <laughs> it is a tough one. And that's where I encourage all the entrepreneurs to to seek out advice when it comes to this kind of stuff and really utilize the, the network in Calgary and in Alberta in general to try to talk to other entrepreneurs that have gone through this. What mistakes did they make? Uh, what valuations did they have? Also, the market is very fluid. So what was applicable yesterday might not be the same today. So try to get to talk to investors that have uh, been around, do a lot of reference calling on the investors because you want to get the right type of investors in your business because you want to have an investor that brings more than just the money as we talked about earlier. And you want to bring an investor because they're going to be on your board and they're going to own a large chunk of your company. So you want to make sure that the investors you get on board can bring you more than, than just the money and that they're reasonable and that they think about the future realms of investment and that they think about the future exit of the company or the growth of the company. So make sure that you as an entrepreneur also do some due diligence on, on who you're trying to track to your company as an investor. Well, talking to a few uh, the early stage kind of VCs in the province and really trying to understand the different investment theses that are out there and we're like, well, this is our thesis and this is how we operate. But a lot of them are still very new. So it's interesting when it comes to track record and, you know, getting married after a couple of dates is risky at the best of times. <laughs> I have some friends who did it. It didn't, never worked out well. well <laughs> so I always bring it back to relationships. At the end well, of the day. and this is a people business. Uh, investing yeah. in venture capital funds and investing in early stage tech companies is a relationship business. And you have to really, really make sure that you understand how that other person on the other end is. And we spend a lot of time before we invest in a venture capital funds, we spend months doing due diligence on them. And a lot of that due diligence, sure, we look at track record, financial, um, financial track record, investment track record, but we also spend a lot of time with the people to figure out who they are, how do they act in stressful situations, how will they react when the companies aren't doing well, what value do they bring to the company. So before we even start talking about investing, we do a lot of that work because it's a figuring out how will they act under really, really stressful situation. It's great when you make the investment because everything's sunshine and roses, but what will happen when, when really stuff starts going sideways? Yeah, the, the measure is how you act when, when, when the shit hits the fan <laughs> or whatever metaphor, whatever yep. metaphor you, you want to use. Usually very different personalities show up at that stage of whatever the situation you're in. <laughs> when you start, when you look out across the, you know, information technology, industrial technology, life sciences, sectors, what are you, what are you seeing? What gets you excited? Like, you know, we've been talking a lot of up to now, but we start to look at the next three to five years, feels like we're on a really positive trend, like quote unquote, it's working and starting to work better. When you look at those sectors, what gets you excited or what, what are you kind of seeing equally weighted? Or is there, is there areas that, you know, from an Alberta perspective, we're really shining? We're really starting to take off on the AI side, and that's okay. awesome. And we all have the Alberta Machine Intelligence Institute, which is one of the top mm -hmm. AI machine learning institutes in the world in terms of reinforcement learning. So that is really good. So we're seeing more and more of the companies utilize AI and machine learning in their applications than we've seen ever before. We're also seeing a lot of the 
companies in kind of the software side gaining traction. So the, the majority of the companies, even though they're an energy tech company, like we were talking about before, they're utilizing software. So that's really, really where the value is lying right now and where it's going. But we're also seeing a strong financial fintech sector coming along with companies like Neo Financial, for example. Neo's great, and you, they, I, you can't turn on the radio without hearing their name. Like they're 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 really getting the their 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 brand awareness is on a is on a huge rise right now. And I had Jeff Adamson on a while back, and it, kind of when things were getting rolling. And uh, I've got actually I got Corey Jensen coming on tomorrow from AltML to talk about AI. I had him on a year ago, so I'm like, hey, what's happened in the past year? I'm at that point where I'm starting to cycle back, because so much is happening with these organizations. X amount 12, mo- 12, 12 months later. All right, I'm giving you the magic wand. And the magic wand is to remove anything that's getting in the way. <laughs> this is a colorful way to say, what are we doing wrong and how can we do it better? So let's get on our soapbox with our magic wand. And if uh, we were going to basically wipe some problems, barriers, obstacles, or you know, put, some, put the right ingredients in the right place, what would, you, what would your magic wand let you do? <laughs> My magic wand will let me totally meet the demand for capital. One of the biggest challenges okay. we have is we're competing with other other regions for capital, let's be honest. Mm. And so we have British Columbia that's been strong in Canada. We have uh, Montreal, we have Toronto, we have Kitchener, uh, Waterloo, that's been really strong. And a lot of the money has congregated there. And if I compare, for example, what we do to what Quebec does is there's a lot of money flowing in Quebec. Uh, The angel community has been around for longer. There is way more institutional money that's actually going into this sector and these early stage companies versus what we have here. So our Quebec counterpart uh, has over $2 billion in assets that they're managing and we have a 350 million. So that gives okay, you- Okay, that, there, there's some disparity there. There's some okay, disparity wow. there. But yeah, that's huge. That's a huge difference actually. But, it, but the really good positive news story is that we've been, as I talked about earlier, we've been getting our proportionate share now of venture capital, despite us having less resources. So that shows that we're really good at hustling in this province, yeah. which is spectacularly <laughs> yes. good. Yeah, yes, we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> but the challenge that I see is that if I looked at last year's numbers, we were involved indirectly in 70 plus percent of the deals that were being made in Alberta. Okay. So that tells you that Alberta, we're still highly reliant on the work that we do. And that's a bit of a challenge. So we need more other money to come in. So we need to attract more other money. But the demand for capital right now, and this is a huge number and it obviously changes and there are some variables in this one, is anything from three to $7 billion that's needed. And we clearly through our venture capital funds don't have that amount of money. So that's- Based on on last year's year's 445 million, assuming that we're going to be even more than that this year. But if the demand is three, I was, you, you beat me to my question of what is the actual gap? That's a significant gap of what, what could happen if we had access to those funds. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Wow. Okay. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm feeling like I need to sit with this number for a minute. <laughs> what, and is that, that three to seven mil, three to seven bill. Well, that's a big range actually, even more so let's even just pick 3 billion. How, how much has that changed over the last five years? Has that been progressively growing? Like, cause I'm understand, I'm imagining these two, if I have this graphed out, they're growing together, right? So we're getting closer, but then that top number pops as we have more entrepreneurs and, and more new ideas. Therefore the need for funding is just going to consistently go up, which is a good thing, but the gap feels too big. <laughs> totally. And we, if we look at the number of startups, yeah. as we talked about earlier, they're 
we have more startups now, so clearly the demand will go up because of that. But also we have more maturing startups, and then the rounds that they're going to ask for are higher, and the rounds that they need are higher. So we have both of those things happening at the same time. We have more companies, so more early stage companies, but we have more later stage companies. And when I say later stage, I mean in the venture capital uh, kind of notion of later stage. So that means that the demand for capital has gone up quite significantly. But often those are different groups, right? If we're gonna, if we if we had a whiteboard like the good old days, <laughs> I don't know if they were good or, or but they were definitely old days. We had this whiteboard where we've got you know friends and family, we've got angel, we got pre seed, and you lay it all out. When you get into a Series A, Series B, or later stage companies, you're also ideally tapping into different groups, connect with different levels of. Uh, different levels of fund accessible, but also different appetites for different types of uh, of, of growth of businesses. And we're seeing there, and the interesting th- thing is we're seeing that companies, what used to be called a Series A or a Series B, is now called a seed or a post-seed round. And the sizes of the rounds are getting larger. So it's all shifting. So someone asked me the other day, what's the definition of a seed company or what's the definition of a Series A company? And I, I can tell you what it is today, but that will change tomorrow because the sizes of the rounds change significantly. And so what used to be able to go into a seed round is totally different and much, much bigger now. So right now, a seed company probably will raise one to three million. And that's what a Series A used to be. So... That means that you need a lot more money. So what used to be before where angels would kind of carry the deal. So you start off with the friends, family, full category, and then the angels would come in on the seed side. I never heard the third third F. Well done. You snuck snuck that right in there. (laughs) Hopefully we don't have as many fools, but... um, Yes. But then the seed round would be... I couldn't let you... I couldn't let that one pass. (laughs) Totally not. The seed round would be the angels coming in. So this is kind of the first non-family people or non-friend people coming in investing their own individual money. And then the Series A would be the VCs. So the VCs are defined as this is the first institutional money that's um, professionally managed and it's a pool of capital versus someone someone's individual yeah. capital. And we used to only see them in Series A. Now we're seeing the VCs dabble a lot in um, seed and post-seed investments because they have to get in that early because A, the rounds are getting bigger, but also to get into those some of those deals, they have to get in, in that stage. We're also seeing pure seed funds that are investing. So Panache with Pat Laura, for example, is one of them mm-hmm. that's investing in that stage that we we're an investor in. And um, so it's the landscape is shifting and it's turning to be much bigger rounds uh, for companies that are more earlier stage. Interesting. And is it just because the, the games those companies are playing are bigger or is it just the reality of we just, you need more money these days to do the things you need, you need to do. Like stuff just, stuff just costs more. Like it's just, it requires more money to get you to that next phase. I'm sure it's a combination of all of those things. It is a combination of all of those things. Mm-hmm. So curious, Alberta advantage, disadvantage, uh, you know, very quickly you're outside of our borders talking to funds from all over North America, hopefully all over the world. Uh, how how do we show up compared to a, a Quebec or an Ontario or, or or a BC? Is 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 being in Alberta like you know I've heard the the joke what is in Alberta you know from people that worked in tourism years ago doing campaigns down in, in the southern states? How does that show up when you have those conversations with funds that maybe haven't invested in this province before? Is is there a predetermined view? Is it does that hurt us? What 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 do you see? The view about five years ago is where is Alberta and what is Alberta? Yeah. And they okay. heard if they heard of anything in Canada, it would have been Quebec and or um, Waterloo. So 
the story is different now. So we're starting to get way more of a story out there. So if you go to the Valley now and you talk about Alberta, the good thing is geographically, we have an advantage because we're closer to them in terms of it's a one-stop flight. One, one, one hour, it's, it's a one-hour time, one hour time <laughs> difference. It's close. So they're starting and it's starting to be so frothy in the Valley that a lot of the VCs are starting to look outside for deals where they can get a bit of value. And the good thing for us is the Canadian dollar is helping us. So the US VCs are getting kind of a good deal because of the exchange rate, but also they're getting into deals where there may be less competition for the deals versus the Valley. Because sometimes now in the Valley to get into deal, they have to almost do side unseen and kind of throw the money in there. So they're starting <laughs> like, buying, to, like buying a house in downtown Toronto. <laughs> yeah, or Vancouver. But <laughs> yes, or Vancouver. Yeah, so they're absolutely. starting to really look at at uh, kind of new markets, and Alberta is an interesting market for them. And then we have companies like Benemity and again Solium, as I mentioned, um, that are getting us that exposure externally because they're now seeing that you can build unicorns in Alberta. So that's another thing. The story is totally different now when we go out and speak to the VCs elsewhere because we can share those stories and we can share the successes and we can share that it does work and you can build those kind of companies here. We've got some we've got some proof points. And who's the, this is a maybe tricky question. Whose job is it to tell that story? But and who is telling it? Is it? You, I'm assuming you guys are telling it. I'm assuming a CED is telling it. Uh, I've, I've always felt we have a bit of a branding problem in Alberta. Not that there's anything wrong with Alberta, just that not everybody knows how awesome Alberta is. <laughs> I'll be blunt. I grew up in Quebec. Didn't know a clue about Alberta until I moved here. Didn't like have it. it wasn't even on my radar. <laughs> no, I knew I'm Swedish uh, originally, and I moved here to and went to university here and uh all i knew about alberta was that the calgary olympics in 88 and then i showed up and i and really then maybe the stampede <laughs> stampede comes next on that list yeah totally and then i really found out about all the awesome people here and now i'm like where would i else would i live in in canada i don't think i would leave alberta but this story and this really gets me going because the challenge we've had for a long time is telling that story and all of us kind of singing from the same song sheet because sometimes there's someone that goes and says, okay, well, we have cheap office space in Calgary or we're going to be the next Silicon Valley. But guess what? Kansas also has cheap office space and they're going to be the next Silicon Valley. So is yeah. Tulsa, you name the city. Like, I think there were, we did a really bit of a review a number of years ago and I, there were 30 or so cities around the globe saying they were going to be the next Silicon Valley. So please let's not say that. Can we point to what's the... There's already a Silicon Valley. Let them just have it. Let's be whatever we're going to be. Yes, yeah, let's point to what we're really good at. And the barn building, the entrepreneurship, the risk-taking. Um, look at the economy in Alberta and what we've done over the last 100 years. It started off as an agriculture community. We found oil. We developed the energy industry. And now we're on the cusp of the tech boom. So we're used to, even though I think we as Albertans sometimes forget that, we're used to hopping on new things and really creating a new economy for ourselves. So I really, really, really think that we need to sell that story. Versus we're going to be the next this or next that. Cause it's easy to just pick and point and go, I want to be like that versus, you know, really. And I've had a few guests on talk about that. Like, let's, let's remember what we're good at and let's do those things. And like, it almost, you know, you, you, that back to just good strap planning. What are your, what are your actual core competencies and how can you capitalize them in the way that your audience will care and versus just looking out in the world and picking something and going, I want to, I want to be that. But the problem is someone's already been that it's them. <laughs> it's Silicon Valley's already been, already done a good job of being Silicon Valley. But how many, and how many companies have we created in Alberta? that are non-tech companies as well. I mean, restaurant chains like Earl's, uh, PCL, Stantec, like all these companies that were started in Alberta and they are now operating all over the place. And we need to remember that we're really good at this. 
Yes, and sell and and celebrate it and stop. Yes, I, we we're a good head down, ass up province. Sometimes we need to put our head up and actually tell our story and be and really really proud of it. So next couple of years for you, what's what's uh, anything? Uh, I really appreciate learning more about so many things I knew about or I've heard of to know that the role that your organization has played in that, even the A100 and how it's all laddered together. Any any cool initiatives? Anything? Well, I'm sure there's lots, but anything that you want to share about kind of the future for Alberta Enterprise Corp? We're really running fast to make more investments in VC funds. Uh, we were very fortunate the government gave us another allocation of $175 million last year. So we're fully running hard to get that money out the door because the quicker we can get that money out the door, the quicker we can get it in the hands of the entrepreneurs. So that's kind of the core thing for me and my team right now. We're a little mighty team of seven. People think that we're a Ooh, large team. Lean and mean, you guys. Lean and mean. That's a lot, lot. I can't see all the hats lined up on your desk, but I'm sure there's lots <laughs> I know, of them. totally. I, I do everything from venture capital investments to sharpen pencils. So that's the job of a CEO of an organization of seven. But lots of people think we're a large, large organization, and we're not. So what we try to do is work really a lot with industry, and that's the core, core thing. So a couple of the initiatives, for example, the StartAlberta.com platform that I mentioned, that the next slide for that one is that we have now connected that into both Crunchbase and to PitchBook. So if someone goes and uploads their profile on Startup Alberta, it automatically goes up to both of those, which is huge because those are massive platforms. Uh, we're looking at uh, hiring someone to manage that full time. And we've had awesome partners come in to kind of help sponsor that. So now it's really not our initiative anymore. This is an initiative that kind of is subscribed to from the whole province and a whole bunch of organizations. I shouldn't, I won't mention any of them because if I forget one, they'll all be mad that I didn't mention I, them. I, I, I understand, yes. But, we'll, start, but, we'll start playing the music, the credits to get you off stage. Yeah, yeah, start yeah going totally. Too long. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but so now the question is then, now what's next? So now that we have those things going, uh, yeah, more investments are needed. I think there's some specific things that I'd want to look at um, on the seed stage front, for example, because we see so much need in that space and there's not enough investors in that space. And that's where we hear a lot from entrepreneurs that I have a seed stage company or pre-seed stage company company where I can't get any funding. And if we can't make, if they can't make it to the point of series A, then it doesn't matter how much venture capital we bring. So that's one thing that I'm certainly looking at. Mm. Interesting. Uh, I'm seeing you guys just running around starting fires everywhere and a good like incubating. I just fire sounds negative, but incubating and boom. Okay. It's running great. I'm going to go over here and do something else. I'm certainly got that impression. It certainly feels like also a little bit, maybe your DNA. <laughs> I'll be suspicious of <laughs> what can I go start next? What can I do over here? No, really exciting to have you on the show. And it's ladders into so many other conversations I've been having over the last year about, you know, when you bolt it all together, like what role, to, where does the money play? What about the talent? What about mentorship? What about the entrepreneurs? And really, it's really exciting to feel I did started this podcast 200 episodes ago, which is about two years ago. It feels like it's changed night and day in the last 24 months. And I know I'm guilty because I'm talking to people that are living it and doing it. But everyone I talk to, it just feels like, yep, yeah, it's just a consistent move forward. And I am pretty, I am very optimistic about the road ahead of Alberta and not just blind optimism, but there are some real interesting things happening. And to have some of the numbers that you've thrown out, there's lots of opportunity and, and road ahead, but it sounds like we're doing a pretty good job to get us where we have over the last kind of three to five years. We are, but let's not get lazy. But I'm the eternal <laughs> optimist and I truly think that we have an opportunity and it's for us to capitalize on this opportunity now. And looking at Sweden and the tech boom that Sweden's had with a number of companies like Spotify, Clara and a whole bunch of others, I think we have the opportunity to do that here in Alberta. So now we just got to make sure that we run with it and do the work. And unfortunately, I mean, it will require some hard work, but I think we have awesome people and people like you telling the stories. Again, that also is incredibly important because we need to 
each other here what's going on. But totally, I'm optimistic. Well, and, and, I think that we can do this. And when you see it, you can be it, right? That's the whole thing of like what, what the art is possible. And it's amazing. Once you see a few of those bigger exits and boom, boom, all of a sudden you see a few more that happen because it just creates, it's amazing how it creates that path and, and, and how people's belief around what is and what isn't possible really changes once, you know, once someone's done it, someone else can do it. And they usually do it faster and, and more frequently. <laughs> it's kind of this, the psychology of it. I thought hey, I was going to, I thought I was going to do this yeah. for a couple of years so I could learn the venture capital industry. So I would kind of go back into an operational role in a startup because that's really where my passion was. I worked for a couple of startups. But now I realize that what we're doing, and I really love what we're doing, and I love what's going on. So I've been here for, for a, quite a long time now, 12 years. So we'll see what happens. That's a few lifetimes, but I could only imagine the, uh, you must be constantly just like, uh, just from, let's just talk about your role. Like what a, what a the heaven for an ADD business-minded person, just like, oh, I want to learn about this. I want to learn about that. I want to help over here. It must be fantastic. Like I'm a bit envious of your position of the optics you get to see. And I say that very, in a very complimentary way of, man, you must just be learning on a nonstop pace of, from the sectors to the industries to, like you said, this is the definition today, but the definition is changing tomorrow to be able to be in that dialogue. It's a pretty exciting position to be in for you. Mm. Yeah, I love it. And I mean, I get to, I'm fortunate enough, I get to meet some really, really cool and very, very smart individuals. And it's really fun to speak to the entrepreneurs and it's really fun to speak to the VCs and just to see the new technologies that are coming along. And then what's happened in 10 years or 12 years that I've been doing this is crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a nice little matchmaker role. If I'm just kind of thinking about it. Yeah, no, that's a really interesting place. That little intersection to be in where you almost, do you get to peer behind the curtain of a lot of different things that are going on? <laughs> Very cool. Well, um, Christine, it was amazing meeting you. It was great knowledge. I feel so much. I feel so much wiser. I got a, I got a much broader perspective on Alberta than I did earlier th this morning from the world that you live in. Obviously, um, Alberta-Enterprise.ca website. Any other way people can reach out to you? Reach out to yourself. If people want to, people. My, my goal is at the end of this episode, people are left going, "Huh, didn't really know that." Whatever it is, boom, go learn. Go learn more. So, uh, any any recommends on how they can reach out to you guys? If they want funding, don't talk to me. <laughs> Talk okay. to the VCs. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. No, joking. Yeah, so obviously you can figure out our email addresses from our from our website, but all of the VCs that we have invested in are listed on our website, including links to their website. So if you're looking for funding, go to our website, look there. Also on our website, there's uh, information about how to, which ecosystem organizations we've sponsored and we're involved in and events we're involved in. So I encourage you to look at those and to show up for some of those events. Yes, get out, participate. Don't don't sit at your desk with your idea. Get out there and shop it around and talk to people. And yeah, that's yeah. Don't 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 be scared to take your idea out for a walk. I've heard lots of times come. And don't start <laughs> talking to the VCs when you're about to fundraise. Start talking to them early, even if you think it's too early. Pitch the idea, get to know them, get to know what they like, and then it's going to be way easier for you to pick up the phone when you need the money. Well, you said earlier on, this is a people business, and that's relationships. And what did I hear the other day when you when you. When you want advice, ask for money. When you want money, ask for advice. But, but whatever you do, start doing it early. <laughs> somebody, somebody kind of paraphrased it. Of like, don't, that's the biggest mistake that entrepreneurs make is like, okay, I want to go for money tomorrow. Now I'm going to start reaching out. Well, life doesn't work that way. It's that relationship, that, that coffee that you had two years ago that now you've built a bit of trust. And it sounds so obvious, but I've heard that that is a very common challenge in, in the space. We're so busy incubating and building our ideas. We forget about incubating and building our relationships. <laughs> Aren't we so wise at the end here? Anyways, Christina, it was wonderful talking to you. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Uh, keep up the awesome work and I look forward to chatting. I have a feeling we might be chatting again, maybe episode 300, maybe, maybe sooner. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for having me and thank you for doing this podcast. My pleasure. Thanks so much. 